1: All right, now we are back with another club update. This time, unfortunately, not great news for Swansea. But if it is Swansea, you know we're talking to Guido Huelin, of course, from the Jackass and the Cremothern Journal. Pleased to have you back. Do wish it was under better circumstances. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that Guido was quietly on the hot seat. He is now no longer manager of Swansea. We'll get to his replacement in a minute, but just talk to me a little bit about how you feel about Guido being let go, especially right now, after what many deemed were two of his best performances.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm pretty ashamed of the way he's been sacked. Um, it's really lacking in any kind of class the way the club has behaved um, in dealing with this. Uh, you're right. We were really way before the trend in um, in saying that Guidolin could be under pressure um, quite a, quite a few weeks ago. Um, and actually, since we started saying that, the story's just built and built, and it's been quite obvious for a while now that. Uh, Gwedland's days are numbered, and that the club were actively looking to um to get a replacement. Um, but the way it's all been handled, I mean, um, Hugh Jenkins has been uh, uh, the Swansea chairman. He's been about as subtle as a fox in a chicken coop and looking for his replacement. He's just been spotted here, there, and everywhere. Look at speaking to different managers. Um, so Guidolin's known really that he, he's his days are numbered, and like he said, uh, it, it, since he's really started coming under such heavy heavy pressure um the swans have started playing well uh we were very good against manchester city um we were very good against liverpool at, at the weekend at least for um the first half um it's um so the the t- with with the timing of it coming straight after those good performances um and and the the, the disrespectful way it w- it was it was handled um it's it's an extremely unsavory um sacking topped off by the fact that greenland was incredibly sacked on his birthday which is about the most undignifying thing that you can do to um who, a man who is at the end of it all a, a gentleman um, even if you don't think like i do um, it, uh, i i don't think he was the right man for the club but i i certainly think he deserved to be treated with far more respect and far more dignity than uh, he was treated today.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know it was his birthday. That does make it all the worse. You mentioned that you had been scouting around uh, for a new manager for a while. Uh, it ends up being Bob Bradley, former U.S. men's coach. Um, obviously had a, a very exciting end to the season in Ligue 2 last year uh, that a lot of people were aware of because what they needed like five goals to get promoted and got four of them, something along those lines. I, as a U.S. men's um, national team, uh, per- well, I-, I followed them, not really sure this is the best appointment, and it feels like that is kind of the feeling amongst Swansea fans as well.
0: Well, I, I was looking forward to getting your opinion on this, actually, as a as an American, um, because, you know, my-, my take on it all is uh, we all saw what Bob Bradley did with the U.S. men's national team. I think you'll agree he did move the game on. Um, quite substantially in his time in charge you know the the two thousand and ten world cup especially um was um they they had a very good team you know you can't you can't you can't say it anyway other way they really did play well in that world cup and and were great to watch um but as far as I can see that that's really his high point i mean you remember when he was at egypt he famously um missed out on the 2014 World Cup, which is something that Egypt teams certainly shouldn't have done. They definitely should have qualified. And he was hounded out of the country. Um, he, he, it, it got extremely nasty, the response to him. And since then, I mean, he's been to Norway. He's had um, sort of a, a, a modicum of success there. But let's not forget, this is the country where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had success. Uh, and he certainly proved when he came to this country that he was a useless manager. Um, also Ronnie Dyler did very well that he proved when he went to Celtic that he is a terrible manager, possibly the worst manager I've ever come across. So it, really, I think, I think I could probably win the Norwegian Premier League. It's not really a standard against which you can measure uh, a prospective Premier League manager. And now he's been in Ligue 2. Um, I, I don't think he's had a great start this season with Lavre, um, you may be surprised to know that I watch quite a bit of League Two football because I, my second club really is, is Strasbourg, mm. who've just promoted. Um, it's not a very good league. The standard of football is terrible. Um, it is the equivalent of uh, appointing a manager for a Premier League club from, say, a League One or League Two club, which is not something you see very often at all. It's not really a wise move in most cases. Um, so that's what we've basically done in my eyes is we've promoted a manager from League One or League Two level um, to take over a Premier League team where things are not going particularly well at the moment. Um, I'd, I'd love to have your take because you obviously saw more of him as, uh, yeah. as the U.S. men's national team coach. I don't know if you've followed him any closest that, since he's left that position.
1: Yeah. Um, the, if you want to know the easy breakdown, he falls in the man management category, more than the tactics category, and he can get players to play far above their level, which is something that is very valuable. Um, obviously, Harry Redknapp did it to an extent at Tottenham um, with Vondervaert, who obviously had been struggling uh, abroad. He, he brought up Defoe in <laughs> multiple clubs. Um, so uh, Bradley is amazing. He gets his players to put everything they have into every match, which unfortunately, stands out in the professional game, where a lot of people can be lackadaisical at times. So as far as that goes, he gets the players to play for him and tends to be very close with them, although you've already had that with Gary Monk. Um, Maybe not the lack of tactical noose, but like being close with the players, because he was one up until he was manager. Um, I really, really hate to say this, but it was my first thought when somebody asked me this earlier in the day. And I said, Tim Sherwood without the ego. Oh, please, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, the, the ego isn't there. So you, he won't say things publicly and then be awful. I think there is more tactical know-how there than Sherwood had. Um, but that style of, like, he, he'll put his arm around a player, which I hate that cliche, but I'm sorry. It's, it's just what it is. He he gets everyone to elevate their play style, and, or he gets everyone to elevate their level but doesn't really change things. He, he'll, he will largely let the players sort things out on the pitch itself instead of dictating what they should be doing. It's not like AVB and his dossiers of information. Like He's largely just going <laughs> to rub the green kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I I was very surprised by this, and I saw you were on Twitter as well, because reportedly you spoke with who was highly sought after coaching prospect that was just let go at a very weird time of the year, so wasn't able to land a big job in Marcelino.
0: Mm. I, I I I said it weeks ago. Um, really not expecting anything you know to come of it. That, that I thought Marcelino would have been a a, a brilliant, uh, just the perfect addition when you look at everyone who's available at the time and what Swansea needs. Uh, and apparently, um, the, the, Hugh Jenkins, the Swansea chairman, did interview him uh, for the job, but was concerned by the fact that he didn't speak English. Um, which I know has been a major problem for Spurs with uh, <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino. Yeah. You know, um, it's I, I just don't think it's a prerequisite in the modern era. We have you know great interpreters who can help manage along with that. Um, I think when you've got someone like Marcelino who plays a style of football which would really suit Swansea, um, when he's good
1: with youth, he's good with tactics. Has finished in the top six every year he's been at Villarreal in La Liga, which I don't want to go out on a limb here. But I think La Liga is better than League Two.
0: <laughs> it's better than the Premier, League, <laughs> considerably better than the Premier League. So, um, and and Villarreal is, you know, I know we're used to seeing them in the Champions League and Europa League, but they're still a, a small club, really. You know, they're not a very big club. Um, they, I know they're used to overachieving, but still, it's it's quite a feat to get them overachieving the way the way he did again. Um, I just don't understand the thinking behind it. Well, I do understand the thinking behind it. I mean, you said there that Bob Bradley's a, a good man-manager and that he really gets the best of his players. And, of course, one of the players who's worked very, very closely with him in the past is Landon Donovan, who is very, very closely connected with the, um, with the takeover at Swansea. Hmm. Um, so, so, you know, it, it would naturally... It, it's natural to put one-on-one one together and get two and say, this is Landon Donovan's appointment. He's the one that's Said that Bob Bradley is the guy to go for here. Uh, I don't know where that leaves Hugh Jenkins, who is meant to be in charge of all footballing decisions, but we certainly get the feeling that Bob Bradley is Landon Donovan's man. And there's, there are even rumours that Donovan could be joining uh, the coaching staff in Swansea, uh, if not immediately, then um, sooner rather than later. Um, and if I'm honest, that'll make me feel a little better about it. Uh, <laughs> I do quite like Landon Donovan. I do think he. he speaks quite a lot of sense um when he opens his mouth I, I, um, but yeah I, I when you talk there about a man manager i you know that there is an element of that i think we do I, I think the players do need a bit more uh man management um but but i, I always got the impression watching Bradley's side, that they were hard working that they were, that they were organized to to an extent um in a in a pretty Basic way, in the sense that there was nothing overly complicated about uh, formations or anything like that. Um, but they were always extremely pumped up. Now you can, you know, if you're a man manager, then and you can pump a team up for an international tournament or a, a qualifier or something like that. That's great. If you have to do it for thirty eight games a season, that may be why Bob Bradley has not quite managed to do it. Um, you mm, know, at by, the club what, level. Yeah, why he may not have been given that opportunity at club level because you can, you know you can, you can pump a team. I mean, Chris Coleman's shown it. He he pumped up that Welsh team um, for the Euros. He pu- he's pumped them up for every single game he's been in charge for the last two two years or more. Um, but I think he'd struggle to get the same impact if he was asked to do that at club level for for an entire season. Um, there is a difference between international management and club management. I think. Bob Bradley, there is a risk that Bob Bradley is an international manager and not exactly suited to club management. Um, and that's particularly worrying when he's been thrown in at the deep end in one of the best leagues in the world.
1: You know what I, I've just thought of is that I, I didn't realize how far down the table you were uh, it, because I've watched a fair few of your games and you haven't looked awful, but you did have an amazingly difficult start to the season in terms of opponents. But... When you think about all the managers that are thought of as the ones that are brought in to stabilize clubs midway through the season, like you had Allardyce, who <laughs> we maybe shouldn't mention for a whole lot of other reasons right now, but Redknapp or Pulis, these are guys with strong defensive backgrounds that are able to get performances out of their teams. It's not elegant, but it's effective. While I am not thrilled by this appointment, Bradley does fit that description.
0: Mm. You know, hopefully, hopefully he can have a similar impact, um, and, and you know he's, I, I guess, more of a footballing. Uh, he he he'll give the players a bit more um, f- freedom to express themselves than uh, than than a few of the other names there that you mentioned. Mm. Um, so, and, and you know, they, I think, they, the players do need a bit of encouragement to play their own game.
1: Mm.
0: There's no doubt about that. Also, um,
1: stop playing Nottingham on the left. We tried it. It was awful.
0: Yeah, we've we've been saying it for ages. We've we've got actually we've actually got two decent left backs, but Norton is playing left back at the moment, and <laughs> that we, we that that's one that's one of the reasons. I, I I will say this. That is one of the reasons that Guidolin is going. He's not a good fit. We've said this before. He's not. I'm not. I'm not actually angry about the fact that Guidolin's been sacked. Um, he he he's he's not a good fit to the club. As much of a nice guy as he is, and yes, he kept us up last season by hook or by crook, but he he's, he doesn't really fit into the club in any way if I'm honest he, he is a bit of a, a square peg in a round hole um that the anger really from swansea fans is the way that he's been sacked and the 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 lack of class around it um you know that we we feel really that he deserved to be treated a little bit better than that mm. um especially like i said sacking on his birthday it's just it's it's just it, it's the cherry on top of the public relations nightmare
1: Yeah. And, and you know Barcelona used to call say that they were more than just a club. And when everybody was talking about all the Swansea Lona stuff, a lot of people were talking about it on the pitch, but I felt it was more of like a cultural thing. Like you and I have talked before about how they played it like the local or they they showered and stuff at the local yeah. gym and stuff. If it, it did, it felt like it was a, it was bigger than just a football club. And unfortunately, both of those clubs that I just mentioned I feel like they are now kind of just that football clubs. Um you talked about uh, getting the players in the right position uh, and how maybe that was a reason why uh, we've seen Guidelin out the exit door. So how about the ownership and the management that failed to get any players that could be in those positions? Uh, Over talked about is the lack of replacements of IU and Williams. But it is nonetheless a huge problem in your squad that would have seen it be an uphill battle regardless of who was managing the club. Do you think there will be any repercussions for anyone further up the food chain or do you think this was just Gweedlen's fault?
0: It it'll be interesting to see what um Hugh Jenkins' future is now um because this does not look like his appointment in Bob Bradley. Um so it, it I, and he was he seems to have been the one who gave Gweedlen the contract as well. Um that, that he was given the con he, he was given the contract the two year contract before the American owners took over and he's lasted uh, you know four, way less than a quarter of the way through the season. Um so I th- I think I, I think there are questions to be asked about Hugh Jenkins' future of the club. Um, there are a lot of fans who aren't actually happy with his re- most recent um transfer activity um over the uh, over the last say um say two years, something like that. There are there are quite a few fans who question whether or not uh, the business has been good enough. That it certainly wasn't good enough over the summer. Um but I, I I actually one of the reasons I fear for Bob Bradley is that um, he could very well be seen as the face of the American ownership um, and that American ownership is is deeply unpopular already uh, it was It was unpopular before we even got started we n- nobody wanted the takeover we wanted the old um board to to stay in place um so they were they were starting really from a difficult position but this is that what they 've done since taking over the club has really. Just it's left people disenchanted and quite angry at what's happened. They feel, people do feel like their club has been taken away from them. Um, and if Bob Bradley, I fear that if Bob Bradley doesn't hit the ground running, um, I think you're going to see people turn on him rather than the board, which you know may or may not be fair. We'll see. We'll see because what happens. Because that's
1: what just happened with Guidolin. Is the issues are north of him.
0: But yeah, but in, in fairness, I mean, I mean, people just looked at Guido and said, "Well, he's not the right guy." But the the anger was still directed at at the people upstairs. That the, the fan fans never got angry with Guido, if I'm honest. They never got angry with Guido. As frustrating as he was, you just you can't really blame a guy for being the wrong man at the wrong time. He was, you know, he was the one that you know, he's not going to turn down that job. Um, it was a mistake to give him the job. And like you said, it was it was those further up to the food chain who. Um, who gave him that job, and they should be held accountable um, because it was a poor decision. Um, and the players that he received over the summer, like you said, um, they were a mixed bag. Many of them weren't good enough, and, and, the, and certainly the the, uh, the the sum of the ins um, doesn't compensate for um, the the outs that that have taken place. So that, make no mistake about it: people, are, uh, the the majority of the anger um if not all of the anger is directed at Hugh Jenkins which is something which has never happened before uh, until the last few months um but the fans are angry with Hugh Jenkins now which didn't seem like a possibility before uh, and the american ownership that that's where the anger is directed people are sympathetic with Guido Lin, um especially considering the way he's been treated today
1: yeah um obviously what this does do is with Bradley with the potential addition of Uh, Landon Donovan to the coaching staff long-term, which you mentioned. This would open up a lot more of the American market. There is a Swansea bar in New York. This would obviously open up that market a whole lot as long as you stay in the Premier League. But you already mentioned that you feel like you're losing parts of the club. I know there was some resistance at Tottenham um, just when we brought in uh, Clint Dempsey. A lot of the British fans concerned that the Americans were going to take over instead of viewing it more as all of a sudden there's a lot more fans of the team I love. Which side of the fence do you think the fan base would sway there?
0: I think there is it's an interesting point to raise there. I think in this country there is um a, a pretty unfair, if i'm honest um stigma attached to anything American when it comes to um comes to football in this country um Any kind of uh American investment is bound to be bad i mean like the the fact that the investment was American I think did make it worse. If I'm honest, um, when they took over in the summer, not not in my eyes, but generally, I do feel like people look at Americans and say, "Ah, oh, they don't they don't know anything about football." They, you know, they 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 they're here to make a lot of money, and you know, there are a lot of negative stereotypes. Um, I mean, I, I've I've worked out in the states, and I know that there are plenty of extremely knowledgeable um, American soccer fans, far more knowledgeable than ones in this country in many cases. Um, but yeah, I I think. People, uh, I think people look at when when anything is Americanized in this country, whether it's a takeover or the purchase of an American player. I think people do sense just get a little bit sceptical and say, "Ah, oh, this is done with the uh, with, with the American market in, in mind." You know, this this is to appeal to uh, American supporters. Um, I, I would. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a, if if that was the case. Here, yeah, def- that's definitely something that they have the new owners have um talked about you know expanding the 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 American this one's presence in the American market um i hope that's not their only motivation i desperately hope that's not their main motivation because like you said um if a club is not in the premier league it's pretty valueless uh in, in the uh, American market but Americans are only interested in the premier league there is no interest in america in what happens lower down the table generally speaking um, that goes for all world markets. That goes for the Far East. That goes for the Middle East. That goes for across Europe and and, and, and everywhere in the world. People want to see Premier League football. So, um, you know, th- there is a danger sometimes that if you do make decisions for market reasons more than uh, footballing reasons, um, it won't work out because the market strategy does not work without the football strategy first working. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... Uh, And and also, of course, as we pointed out, a lot of the American fans um, who do uh, like Swansea, and there is quite a substantial American support for a club our size, um, a lot of them, of course, started watching us because we were good to watch, because we played good football, because we were a very likable club. If you lose those attributes, then suddenly it's not very attractive if you're trying to attract new fans. Um, So they should bear that in mind.
1: (laughs) Certainly. And uh, just a random thought I just had while you were mentioning that, uh, Shahid Khan bought Fulham where they yeah. had Clint Dempsey to try to do this exact thing. Yes. Then yes. what happened in his first year of ownership?
0: Uh, there was chaotic managerial appointments. And fact, they
1: were relegated. Yeah. Rele- she- yeah so hopefully that's not the case here. Wrapping up quickly because I know you have to go do the Jack cast, which we will be posting all over our Twitter tomorrow. Okay. Uh, for one positive note in all of this, uh, do you think that this new ownership will be willing to help invest in January? And how many buys do you think you would need to really improve this squad?
0: Oh, January is a long way away. Um, but yeah, they need they need to invest. Um, the the squad still isn't quite isn't up to scratch, um, even with the improvements that we've seen in recent weeks. And um, well, hopefully, you know, with with Bob Bradley being brought in, they'll they'll back their manager um, because they they need him to be a success. Um, you know. Hope, what I'm hoping is that the recent upturns and performances can, can continue under Bob Bradley, that he won't sort of upset the Apple cart too much and that he'll just try and keep things simple um and just keep things ticking along. That's my hope, but that's dependent on quite a lot of factors. Um but yeah, January January seems a long way away and you know, we've only got four points um coming into October. Um, which I'm pretty confident is the lowest we've ever had at this stage uh of the Premier League season. So, uh, yeah, they they need to there need to be big changes before then. Uh, but like you said, we've got better fixtures coming up ahead after the Arsenal match, um, and and we do tend to do well at the Emirates as well. We tend to do remarkably well at the Emirates. So um, hopefully we can continue our good form there, and hopefully after that then we'll have a few simpler fixtures, uh, which hopefully they they absolutely have to yield points, so we'll we'll get cut to drift.
1: All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time out today in what I'm sure is a very busy one for you. But why don't you tell the folks where they can find you?
0: Yes, you can find me personally at Wheel in on Twitter. But if you want to uh, catch up on the Jackcast, which I think will be well worth listening to this week, it's at the Jackcast on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and our mutual friend Scott will be reappearing uh, to go on there. So be sure to tune in there. Thank you so much, uh, Gito, for coming on. And I'm sure we'll speak soon.